I'm Ryan Nidell, host of 15 Minutes of Freedom, your daily action guide to getting shit done. Today's episode's entitled, Zeus's Cancer. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the content. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you why tapping into your emotions, especially as a man, is not a bad thing. It's actually what you should be doing. It's no secret to you, if you're a longtime listener, or if you've only consumed a handful of episodes, that I feel that we as men, specifically, have been told by our parents, I'm a 34-year-old man as I record this, that to be a man means to keep a stiff upper lip. It means to not show emotion. It means to not let people see you sweat and to be the stoic provider. That was the story and the belief that was passed down from my father to me. I don't believe that I'm the only one. Perhaps you listening right now, maybe you're the other person that exists that heard the same story. But in this, there's a strange phenomenon that actually happens. We were told not to show our feelings or emotions but yet they still existed. When something hurt us, we still felt pain, whether that's emotional pain or whether that's physical pain. When we got upset about something, we still got angry. When we were joyous about something, we still got happy. But with me, I did not have an outlet. Now, this was not because my father was a bad man in this situation. It was because that was the belief system of his father. And although I did not know my great-grandfather, I would venture to say it was probably the belief system of him as well. And so you have not only generations that are believing this, but you have then societal groups that are believing this at the same time. Like, think about this. When you grow up, most of us grow up in some sort of neighborhood at this point in life. And the people that we associate with or spend time with, whether it's our personal friends as young people or whether it's our parents' friends as the next generation above, you typically are spending time with people that have the same belief system that you have, the same ideals that you carry. These are the people you're spending time with. And so if my father is telling me, don't show emotion, don't cry, toughen up, more than likely the people that he's around, if we're in a group setting, are also telling him the same thing. Like that's, that's what they'd be telling their kids. And so there's nothing from the outside to change what we do. It just gets embedded upon us. And it becomes a pattern. And you may have heard me talk about patterns before on the show. It's actually one of the core bases for the belief system in which I train and coach people on is pattern interruption. Until you realize that your life is a series of patterns, it's almost impossible to interrupt them. And once you realize their patterns and you want to interrupt them, and then you have to get deep as to the original incident that helps you interrupt the base level pattern, the one that established all the patterns thereafter. That's how 
performance coaching, life optimization. That's how the deep work that I specialize in works. Yeah, I just gave away my secret. That's the way I got. It's crazy to me too on a tangent. All the coaches and all the people in the world that want to keep this stuff secret like it's proprietary. At the end of the day, I can share with you everything that I do on every episode. And some of you have the forethought and the foresight to do it yourself, to figure it out on your own. But the harsh reality for almost all of us is we need someone to help keep us accountable and to push us into levels that we aren't comfortable going. Because at some point, all of us run away from pain instead of run towards it. And until you're taught how to run at pain, you can never get deep enough to make impactful changes because there's some level that unless someone's pushing you in the back to go to, you stop. We all do. Myself as well. And in that comes my little buddy Zeus. Zeus is actually in the office right now about six feet in front of me laying on the floor looking very distraught. Zeus is in the office today because his staging appointment for his lymphoma was this morning at 10 o'clock. See, a little bit more than a year ago, we had noticed a lump on Zeus's neck. And the lump had been there for three, four, five, six weeks. Don't even know how long. There was no signs that anything was wrong with Zeus. And with the fact that we have a second pit bull named Roman, they wrestle and they're boys. They fight, they tug a war, they jump at each other, but they love each other. And so Lindsay and I, even though Lindsay was from the veterinary field, she's a very specialized nurse, we didn't think anything of it. But as the, the mass grows and grows, and is not subsiding in size, we actually take Zeus over to her ex-husband's house. She takes him, not her and I both. Lindsay's ex-husband is an internal medicine specialist at the highest level, at the highest caliber, really in the country. Man's created his own practice here in Columbus from, from nothing, does mobile scans, and has really created a, a stronghold in, in the community and is world-renowned for his ability. And so Lindsay takes Zeus over there, and they aspirate the, the lymph node, the, the lump on his neck, and it ends up being that is cancer. It's pretty obvious right away. So Lindsay takes Zeus to the local special, specialized hospital, and they stage him. And I'm told at that point Zeus has stage four cancer. I remember Lindsay calling me like it's yesterday. Because we didn't know. We took him for staging, then we brought him home, and he was at home with me, and he's with me on the couch. And I actually spun around my phone and recorded a live Instagram video of this. I don't even know why I did back then. It, it's crazy. A year and a half ago, whatever it was was really the push of some of this additional authentic vulnerability stuff way before the podcast, way before any of the trials and tribulations of the past year. And what ends up happening is I just break down in tears and I'm sharing all this stuff real time. And I just remember feeling this pit of despair. Like, what am I going to do? And here's this dog that's five years old. That's the first animal that I've been responsible for as an adult that I bought with my own money that has traveled with me back and forth from Columbus, Ohio to Akron as my time in the hosting world that has seen 
girlfriends and breakups and multiple houses and just craziness. This dog has been around for all of it. I probably confided in him more and told him more stupid things I've done than up until this podcast, really anybody else. And here back in this moment, he I'm just overwhelmed with the fact he's going to be taken from me. Not only taken from me, like I'm going to have to figure out how to put him down because can't let him suffer. Because admittedly, maybe somewhat selfishly, I'd never been through a cancerous thing before. No one in my family that I know had passed away from cancer. I hadn't been exposed to what cancer really did to somebody. And it, for me, it was just this death sentence. Dog is going to die. And so fortunately, we come up with a good plan. This specialized veterinary hospital called MedVet here in Columbus comes up with this chemotherapy protocol that is supposed to take away all the, all the cancer. And what do you know after the second week he goes into remission, even though it's a 14-week protocol? So he ends up going for a total of 16 or 18 weeks because there's a couple weeks where there's a break in between where he doesn't have any chemo. And the cancer's gone. And not like a little gone, but like completely gone. And see, when we first staged him, it was aggressive stage four. His entire spleen was engulfed with, with cancer. He had cancer all throughout his lymph system, I mean, or lymphatic system. I'm certainly not in the medical profession, so if I butcher this, so be it. But never did he show a sign of it. You know, he was just running around playing with his brother. Even during the chemotherapy, there was only one day where he felt a little slow. The rest of the time, he was just a normal Zeus, the, the dog that we call Meatball. Call him Meatball because he's round and it's like a little block-headed, squatty, little gray pit bull. And so he's been in remission now about a year. And so it's time for another checkup. And last night, Lindsay, like he's not showing any signs. He's happy. He's energetic. He's a normal dog. So last night we take, we, Lindsay takes Gianna to her ex-husband's house. Sunday nights he has her and Monday nights, the multiple days throughout every other week. And so she takes him over to be scanned. He's got an ultrasound machine. And I'm not there, but it's Lindsay, Gianna, and her ex-husband. And they pull up the ultrasound and they can see that his spleen is full of cancer once again. Now, for those of you that haven't been through this before, at least with a pet, I certainly don't know how it is with a human, but once cancer comes back the second time, there's not a lot left to do for dogs. They're on their ultimate. Yeah, this is this is tough. So they're basically on their last leg. And so Lindsay walks in the door and has tears in her eyes. And I already knew. And what's strange is with the way that I'm 
connected to him or connected to the universe now. Saturday morning, Zeus and I were laying in bed and his head was on the pillow next to me and it was really strange. He never sleeps that way. It's like I just knew that it was back. And so she's crying and she tells me what's going on. And I obviously start crying much as I'm doing right now. And it's strange because I knew the day was coming. Like it wasn't a surprise this cancer was going to come back. They tell you that when you go in for the original treatments that this is a this is to extend his life, but it's not going to fix the problem. The problem is always going to exist. And that 12 to 18 months is typical remission time. And when it comes back, it's much more aggressive and there's almost nothing we can do. And so she's sharing this with me and all these old conversations are racing through my head like I realize what's about to come. And the fact that she's from the veterinary world and is this emotional, I know it's not good. And so I hold it together to start with and then it just I don't hold it together anymore. Because I realize as I'm holding it together that I'm literally doing the exact thing that I train people not to do. Like understanding that emotion exists and being in touch with it and then letting it go man or woman is healthy. Like crying does not make you weak. It certainly doesn't make me weak. It makes me more empowered. Like I realize as I'm sitting here struggling to find my words and tears are streaming down my face that I feel sorrow because this dog that's been my friend is going to die. I feel sad because there's only so much time he has left. But in that and being honest with it, it's not sad that he almost has, he only has so much time left. It's that selfishly, I only have so much time with him. Then I go backwards and I start thinking about all the times that it just didn't matter. He was just a dog. Like the trips or Like the dumb shit, like not walking them. And in realizing all this, it just there's going to be a finite amount of time. And so I do research last night because I can't help myself. And I see over and over again in all the medical journals that I can find online that when it comes back, if we're lucky, it gets like four weeks. The good news is he was ultra-responsive to chemo the first time. So we take him back into MedVet this morning, and they want to give him another protocol. And see if it works. And it will in some capacity. Like something will at least stop the growth. There's there's too many options. There's too many things that happen. But best situation for most animals, most families, 
It's six more months, maybe. And then when it comes back for what we'll call the third time, there's almost nothing that can be done. One additional little protocol to make sure that he has the best quality of life left for as long as he has. And it's like, man. Like, unless I focus on the negative feeling of the fact he's going to be gone, the pain isn't really present. But then my mind goes to the place of having to put him down. It's crazy. That the rush of emotions based off of this dog. A dog that literally would spend three hours a day in the car with me. That I picked up at six weeks old when he was just big enough to fit in my hand. And like the last things he'll remember uh, will be him being in my hand before he dies. It's just, it's, it's the wildest thing to go through these emotions. But it's even more wild that I used to want to hide this shit. That I would run from the fact this existed. That I would put on this smiley face like everything was fine. And I would tell people this didn't hurt. That I would refuse to let somebody see me cry. Or to see any weakness. Or any vulnerability. When inside, if we're all honest with ourselves, losing anything is painful. let alone a defenseless dog. That for all intents and purposes has no idea his life is very limited. And so last night I stack about him. Oh, I'm sorry for the rough audio on this episode between the sniffles and whatnot. And a stack is a tool that we use inside of Wake Up Warrior, a tool that I use or that is used to find answers in tough situations and to process through emotions that aren't easy. So we go through and our process through these emotions of just being pissed off that Zeus is going to die, being real with the fact that it's going to happen. You go through all these steps and all these processes, it's 30 questions. It's probably time in, in the evolution of this podcast that I take everybody through a stack again, or maybe the first time. I, I can't remember right now. We go through a series of 30 questions. 
at the end of it, there's a gift. The gift always presents itself. And the gift in this, which is crazy to say, like the gift in Zeus dying is to make sure that I am diligent in telling people that I care about them and then making sure they feel it and then backing it up with actions. And so the people or things, animals that are important to me, always know it and feel it. Hence why Zeus is at the office today. And probably will be on a fairly consistent basis for hopefully the next six months. So you got to think of all the places in your life, if you would, where you're suppressing the actual feelings and emotions that you have. Out of either fear of judgment, fear of loss, angst, animosity, pride, ego. There's a million different reasons to suppress them. I implore you to challenge yourself to think of, is it really serving you? Does it make you less than for not sharing your truth? I encourage you to realize that everybody feels emotion. I'm not the first person to lose a dog and I'm not the first person to cry. I'm not the first person to put my dog down and we'll have to euthanize him. I'm not the first that's going to have to tell our daughter like what happened. I'm not the first that's going to walk into an empty house or walk into this house that has a bunch of his toys sitting around. Like That's all part of this. Same thing with you. Think of all the places in your life where you think you're alone. Like you're the only one that's going through this. I will guarantee you, whatever you're going through, you are not the only one going through it. You just feel like it when you keep it trapped inside and you don't spread your emotions. There's a saying that pain shared is pain divided. If you don't believe that, go to my Instagram page and see a picture of Zeus and Roman where Zeus, Roman's laying on top of Zeus. And see the outpouring of love that I got by sharing the fact that he's going to die. Then go to a picture right below. It's a picture of my wife, Lindsay, and I on our wedding day. And see a fifth of the same response from the same number of followers, the same number of everything. Nobody wants to see you in pain. Everybody wants to help you. Quit trying to play this game alone. And when you quit trying to play the game alone and you get real with how you feel, you'll see that every day you're able to get shit done.